welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today, I mean, listen, this is probably one of the best shows that we have. It just was an awesome opportunity to interview none other than actress and author, mother and wife and daughter and sister and all of those things and friend in all of our heads, Gabrielle Union. But as you know, we always got to start off the show, right? And so before we get to Miss Union, I got to talk about Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or AOC as we affectionately call her and the dust up this week about her attending the Met Gala and wearing a dress with the phrase tax the rich emblazoned across the back. Now, I do want you to know that I was supposed to go to the Met Gala, but I couldn't put my wardrobe together in enough time based upon the theme. And I was a little saddened to see that ASAP Rocky stole my theme by just walking out the hotel with uh, the hotel comforter on. That's what I was going to do. But look, in case you missed it, AOC attended the Met Gala in New York City this past week, and folks kind of seem to take issue with it. I'm guessing the issue is someone can't make a statement about taxing the rich if you're with the rich, but isn't that when you should do it, right? When you're there and for everyone to see, particularly at a time when we're actually working in Congress to raise taxes on wealthier Americans to pay for investments in ourselves. I don't know. It made sense to me. So why are folks mad at AOC? I guess some of you believe that public servants, especially progressive ones, can't be at expensive events like the Met Gala for some reason. We won't talk about the fact that it's a fundraiser in New York for a museum in New York, and she's a congresswoman from New York, and wasn't the only member of the New York delegation at the event. So look, I call bullshit on the criticism. Her record and work on behalf of working folks speaks for itself. And that doesn't even mean you have to take a poverty vow or spend every waking moment of your life with people with less money than others. That's silly. So cheers to AOC for making a statement and driving the conversation. And for all of you all who are mad about it, relax and realize that it's possible to fight the good fight, take a stand and go to events with rich folks without compromising who you are or what you're about. Plus, 99% of y'all Complaining would go to the Met Gala if y'all were invited. Yeah, look, I was invited. Kinda, not really. Anyway, that's that on that. Now on to our interview with none other than someone who was actually invited, Gabrielle Union. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when 
to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. And welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today, I have the incomparable, beautiful Gabrielle Union joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. You got a new project coming out. I saw you stop in traffic with your girlfriends at the Met uh, <laughs> Met Gala the other day. Y'all, they can't take y'all nowhere. Y'all don't know how to act. We really don't. We <laughs> never get to all be together anymore these days. So, uh, you know, when me and Regina and, and the Queen get together, yeah, it's going to be some shenanigans. So it's y'all all- really went to get y'all went to get pizza in the middle of the night. Yeah, we were going to go to Rihanna's party. And then it was just like we were sitting in, in the traffic line to go, you know, to get into Rihanna's party. And you can't have older gals sitting too long. You, you talk yourself out of it. And we started getting hungry and it was like kind of chilly. And I'm like, do you think you think that they're going to have a throw in there? Like, I, I just want to be comfortable and have some pizza. So we just, you know, Queen made the executive decision. Let's just go get some pizza. Yeah. instead. And, uh, I was, you know, I was I, I was invited, but I just couldn't. My wardrobe didn't come together and I, <laughs> I wanted to be there in the theme and. It just it didn't it didn't. I was going to do like Rihanna and ASAP and, and wear one of the wear one of the blankets I had in the hotel, and it, it just. Well, didn't that's come. what I was hoping that they had at the party. <laughs> well, look, we we usually start each one of our episodes by having our guests walk us through uh, the arc of their career, but everyone knows you, so we'll kind of skip that. But talk to us about the point when you realize that acting could be your calling, and what keeps you acting when you have your hands in so many other things. Um, that's a good question. I think the point where I I thought acting could be how I make money was, I mean, at the very beginning, like that first year, uh, my parents were like, okay, we can give it a shot. You know, of course, you know, my parents had invested in my education and, and we had different dreams and they're like, okay, give it a year. And as long as you don't ask us for money, you know, whatever. And that first year I made more than my parents and uh, they were like, I think this is going to work out. I, I think, I think <laughs> you know, I don't know, take some lessons, uh, find a mentor, but I know I think acting is, is your thing. Um, so it was around that point, you know, when I could, when I could buy name brand grape juice that I oh, thought, I think this okay. might be my calling because I can buy the name brand grape juice and not grape drink. And it was around that time. So you've been able to carve out this niche of of writing, acting, activism and politics that I don't think many folks in Hollywood have been able to do all those things so well. What motivates you to have your hands in so many things and how do you balance those things with being a wife, a mom, a friend, a daughter, a sister and everything else that you are? Well, there is no balance and I reject the, I reject the whole. You j- reject the premise. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I just reject it entirely. I'm more of like I got to figure out how to how to have grace in my life, how to give it and receive it, because there's no way you can do all of those things. You can't be all things to all people at all times. And, and you got to give grace to yourself too. We don't do exactly. I got to let myself off the hook. But we have a very, very, very large village between my husband and I that allow us to have all of these passions and to do all of these things. And they also give us grace that on the days that I'm trying to, um, you know, lobby state legislatures for, you know, more, more funding for rape crisis centers. Yeah. I might not be the best mom that day. You know what I mean? Um, 
might not be the, the the most adoring wife on those days. Might miss a you know a game or or two or five, you know, when I'm I'm trying to launch businesses. But everyone is on the same page. But if without our village, we don't get to do much of anything. There's only 24 hours in a day, and you know, there's only so much that you can do. But we're just lucky that we we have people who believe in in our in our goals and, and trying to find that alignment of with everything we do, figuring out more ways of centering the needs of marginalized people and finding services, products, uh, resources to meet the needs of our own communities that we spring from. Um, yeah, we kind of realized pretty early on, and I say we because my husband and I are both on the same page with this, that you can accumulate stuff, right? Yes. You, can, you can get, you know, hoard, <laughs> hoard wealth, Though I don't know too many black people who have any kind of money that are not financially responsible for a number of households. So it's kind of hard to accumulate wealth when you have to take care of dozens of people. Um, But just being able to be in that position to provide more, you know, to provide more jobs and more products that are accessible and affordable and, and effective without gouging and and um, meeting the needs of our own communities first that is when I feel the most wealthy is when I'm I'm doing right by myself and right by the community you know it's hard for black folk to attain wealth because our generation we are still making our money you know most times wealth is being passed down and maybe kind of leads me to a, just a, a next question you're married to one fourth of the banana boat crew a partial <laughs> partial owner of the Utah jazz which is Random as hell when you when you think about it. But uh, Marquette superstar Dwayne Wade, how did you all make the decision to show us, meaning the world, so much of your family, particularly your daughter? She uh, she which, inspi- which daughter? Which daughter? Oh, yeah, correct. Uh, actually, both of your daughters. You we were able to see uh, the maturation of your oldest daughter, and we we're able to see the smiles of your youngest daughter. How, who, who made that decision and how were you all able to make that decision? Because you've been of such great support, uh, with your oldest daughter and watching your youngest daughter grow and her little, little shady attitude she has, <laughs> has just been fascinating to see. Yeah. With, with, uh, in the case of Zaya, you know, she has lived her truth in our household for many, many years now. But Dwayne was doing a documentary on his last, uh, on the last season, on that last, you know, uh, glorious season of his career. And in the documentary, we noticed that they they were using old footage of Zaya, Mm -hmm. not so much current footage, because current footage would would be too revealing, right? And then Zaya started asking us if we could you know, not use her dead name or if someone, if we're doing an interview and someone, you know, asks about Zaya using her dead name to correct them um, and and say, no, her, her name is actually Zaya. And we're, we're like, we can, but in order to, to ask for that, there's some, you know, there's going to be some follow-up questions. <laughs> like, well, who is Zaya? Where did that come from? Why? And I'm like, do you understand what, what comes with, with asking people to use your, you know, your, your, your real name? And she was like, I think I understand. And I was like, no, I don't, it's not a think. The, yes. the, you have to, it, for, uh, in order for us to, to ask people, for them to use your name, we have to explain where the name comes from. And you want to protect her. And we want to protect her. And we can't, once it's out there, it's, it's out there. And she was like, I want my name. So, mm. and we're like, 
okay. And so we've never shared the nut, like the nuts and bolts of, of, you know, all the minutia that goes into, you know, her life. It really came down to, I want my name and I want people to respect my name and who I am. And I want my, she, her pronouns used when you are talking about me, I want you to use footage, current footage. You know what I mean? And we started asking ourselves, it was like, are we protecting Zaya? Are we protecting ourselves? And if it's us, then from what? And mm. we just constantly check ourselves. Like you have this, to. This you what's have to. Not only do you have to check all of these crazy motherfuckers out here in the world, but you got to check yourselves too. Often, often. Because a lot of parents, you, you, it's like, no, no, I'm trying to protect my kid. No, your kid is like t- saying, I don't care. Yeah. No, this is who I am. You seem to be hesitant Correct. about my identity. You need to check yourself. And then you hit me back, you know, basically. And with with Kav, we had shared so much of our heartbreak and all of the miscarriages and all of the of our personal tragedies that she brought us so much joy. We knew that other people might need to, a, a little sliver of joy. So we we started sharing, you know, the funny pictures, you know, of Kav, you know, after she was born because she. Child stays on brand, and she has been exactly who she she's, is. She's sixty five. She uh, she exactly. came out. She came out sixty five. She came out. Over <laughs> <it>. <laughs> she's like, this is the ghetto. Like mom, yeah. dad. I mean, we might be what? in Greece, but this is ghetto. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is what is happening. Um, and so we just wanted to share that. You know, when you share so much pain, yeah. When you have joy, you can share that as well. And you know, we we don't share every nook and cranny of her of her of her life, but the sweet things, the things that that um, that just bring a little sparkle to somebody's day. And we get that more than anything. Like we show up somewhere, we're like, oh, we're about to kill him. Hold up, hold up. And I'm like, where's Tommy? <laughs> It's midnight. Home. Like, what? what? Um, yeah, people, people love, people love their love of Kavya yeah. and the joy that she brings. So if it ever becomes something negative, then we stop. Yeah. It's just that simple. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. 
I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I, I can't say that I, I know you personally. I feel like I know you so well. Um, but one of the things that I can attribute to you is the word resiliency. I think that you're one of the most dynamic and resilient women um, that is in my life that's not in my life. I feel like we know you. We grew up with you. We love you. We watch you through your highs and lows. So I want to talk about your new book, uh, which is You Got Anything Stronger. You always have this. Um, you remind me kind of of Norm McDonald with kind of your humor. Um, it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it's, it's, I don't want to, I don't know if deadpan is the right word, but it's, it's so real and refreshing, but, and you, you overlay that in this book of very serious stories, but why, why did you write this book and what new ground did you cover in this book that you hadn't previously covered publicly? Yeah, the last book, you know, as, as, as revealing as, as folks thought it was, it really wasn't as revealing as it could have been. There were a lot of chapters I left out because I wasn't ready to speak about them right. publicly. And if you're not ready to speak about, you know, everything in your book publicly, it's probably a sign that you're not emotionally, spiritually ready. And it's okay to leave it out until you are. And so left those chapters to the side. Life, you know, picks up. And in the last four years, you know, we went through our surrogacy journey. Kavya Kavya James is born. Zaya Wade is born. Um, You know, so many things, you know, it happened. And then I started revisiting some of those, you know, lost chapters. And I realized, and a, and a lot more therapy. And I realized, okay, I think I'm healed enough now to revisit this. And I have a lot to say. And in the pandemic, all of us were struggling in our own ways, in our own little bubbles. And without even, without being able to see each other or see your doctor or therapist or what have you, people were, we were circling the drain quickly, but collectively. And the, the need for community was so great and it remains so great but we physically couldn't get to people. And I needed community. I needed to know I wasn't losing it and that I was okay. And I needed to, to see myself reflected in some other people's eyes. And so as I was writing this book during the pandemic, that's what I, I was trying to do is throw out as many life preservers as I can and as many shine as many spotlights on as many of us that desperately need to be seen to know that we're okay or we're going to be okay. So that was, that was, that was the whole motivation. Um, and I think just based off the initial reaction, that's it's, it's landing. You know, these are the best type of books because a lot of times you think you go through stuff alone. You know, my, my wife had, we had an amazing pregnancy and a horrible birth. Um, almost mm. lo- lost my wife during childbirth. She lost mm. seven units of blood and was in ICU for the first 36 hours of her, uh, of our uh-huh. twins lives. And then, my twin got diagnosed with biliary atresia this her second month in, of living and had a liver transplant when she was nine months old. And so we go through all of these things. And I wrote about it in my book. And I think, you know, when you're able to share your story, you never know the people that you can touch and you can help. But also in writing it, you, you the when you write, it's cathartic, it's therapeutic, and it changes you in some way. But did this book change you at all? And if it did, how so? Good question. I guess change comes from being challenged and this book challenged me. So it's these, you know, those little tiny shifts that maybe to the untrained eye, you can't really see, but with each challenge, 
with each chapter, with each subject, which all the things that it brought up, I was able to take those things into therapy and gain a, a different perspective. So I definitely have a, I have a different perspective about a lot of what I su- I've survived in life. So yeah, as your perspective changes, I think that that is the change. So yes, thank you. Okay, so all right, you're, coming, so you're talking through it. You're talking through yeah, it. Okay, okay, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, more than anything, I realized that there's there's a thousand ways to get somewhere. And it doesn't have to be your way or the highway. There's, there's many routes. And we all get so caught up in, if someone else takes a different route, that makes me wrong. It makes me bad. It makes me less than. It makes me and stupid. It, and what we if- also get caught up in the images we see because Instagram only shows us people's best life. Exactly. It shows us the best part of their marriages, the best part of their parenting. And we never get a chance to see truly who they are. This book does that. But you also had to be decently courageous because... I, people ask me about writing books all the time. And I say, well, you're, you know, if you're not prepared, I go to therapy once every two weeks. Shout out to Dr. Garcia. If you're not prepared to tell your truth, then you don't really need to, to write it. What gave you the courage to tell your truth? You know, I've been I've been first I was forced to do it. You know, Jesus been. She's almost she's 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. It'll be 30 years next year. Um, that, you know, since, since I was raped and so quickly, because I was out, outed, if you will, in my hometown newspaper, when they reported on the rape, because there weren't that many black people. And you say a black girl and the age, okay, well, it's Nikki, which is what everyone called me growing up. I was outed. So I was put in this position of not being able to own my story or own my own privacy. So I always kind of, since that, that moment, I always just felt that I didn't, I didn't have the luxury of privacy and I didn't have the right to privacy. So anytime I was asked, I just offered the truth. And every time I talked, like, especially, you know, talking about rape, every time if I would feel like I was going to throw up, sometimes I did. And it never stopped. But each time I realized how many people I was touching and how many people were saying me too, me too, me too, me too. And it's like, okay, all right, now I'm at this place in my career where there's microphones in my face constantly and they ask a lot of stupid ass questions. So I can either use this time talking to folks and, and fill their life with bullshit or, and maybe I can offer my story and save some lives. And once I started doing that, you know, on a bigger scale, it just never stopped. So I wish I had this moment of like, I am strong enough. It, it, it was kind of taken from me so early that, um, I just, that's, this is how I function. I, I just share. And once I heal, I share, you know, in the beginning I hadn't, I wasn't even healed. I just was sharing just, you know, radically, you know, with radical transparency, my process of what I was going through from the dead to the slightly undead to returning to the living, but it never felt like it was my choice. It was just my duty. And I still believe it's my duty, you know, too much is given type of thing. Um, mm. Still working that out in therapy, so I haven't quite. Yeah, to to whom much is given. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a hell of a way to yeah. Yeah, well, it's so, kind of like when someone said, "Yo, if Jeff Bezos, if he wanted to, he could cure world, world hunger with mm-hmm. his wealth and still be a billionaire." Correct. And he was like, "I'm going to space." Um, and so for for me, it's like if I could save someone's life, if I could you know, positively impacts at least one person's life, 
with what I have to offer my story. And I don't, I'm actually an asshole. I'm actually an asshole. And I don't ever want to be an asshole. I can, I can work on saving myself at another time. Speaking of assholes, one of the things that that's like the natural transition here. Uh, one, one of the things that you address in your book is parenting and you've got a house full and I have toddlers that they're almost three and a teenager. So I get you. But one thing I've always wondered is how you and Dwayne parent so publicly and deal with criticisms about your parenting decisions. I, I'm not there yet because when somebody says something about my kids, I just say he ain't done with me yet. And I want to cuss somebody out. And, you know, I want to know how you got to the point where y'all ain't cussing people out all the time and you still are able to show your world publicly. I think, you know, the initial at the end of the day, my husband's from the south side of Chicago and I'm from the north side of Omaha. And our instinct is always I'm going to hit you in your fucking mouth is what our instinct is. So and then good natural, like, good natural instinct. Their, <laughs> yeah, let me go to their, you know, page and see who the hell that. Okay, well, I, if I got to get my panties in a twist for every idiot that's in their mama's basement talking about my parenting when what? <laughs> like you haven't seen your kids in oh, 17 years here. Like I'm on your daughter's page now and she don't <laughs> even like you. And you have the nerve to twist your mouth up to talk about what happens in our home. Fuck you. Kindly. So Res- respectfully, uh, respectfully. Yeah, is a new- with all due respect. <laughs> fuck you. Um, but what we learned throughout talking about, you know, Zaya's journey and you know, our journey with Cobb is that uh, sometimes people need to see it. We get a lot of parents saying, I don't know how to love my child the way they are. Like if they don't change, I just can't love them, which is wild to the first time I heard that. I was like, I think you're the actual devil. I don't understand why you felt the need to articulate that like in public. But then we kept getting it and it's like, okay, this is really a thing. People really struggle to love their own children because they're different than themselves. I mean, I, I mean, I don't mean to call names, but you've got the ignorance in our own community. You've got people like Bootsy who had the audacity to open their mouth about just, it seems I like. Parenting advice from someone who hires an adult to molest their children. I can't. So. As you should not. I, I'm okay yes. with that. <laughs> yeah. God bless. You, Find God. the light. My child. In, in the South, in the South, you know, when we, when we want to, uh, and you can take this, but when the South, when we want to tell somebody to fuck you, we just say, um, bless your heart. That is the kindest, most gentle way that we can say it. So bless, bless your heart. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know you're busy and tied up. So I just got a couple more questions for you. Yeah, yeah. I know that, I know that you, uh, when I, when I was writing my first book, I was thinking about my second book. You are an accomplished author. What's going through your head about your next project? Oh God. Well, I, it's, it's going to be a while before I revisit another book for myself. Um, yeah. I mean, me and Dwayne, we're, we plan, we have more plans to write more shady baby books uh, together. That was fun working with him, but um, no, it's back to acting and producing and uh, being an entrepreneur and, and trying to build companies from the ground up that are FUBU style for us, by us that actually look like, you know, the community, we, communities we're trying to serve. So, you know, we started a baby care line. You know, we have, I have my flawless hairline. I've got, um, you know, Bitsy's brain food that we're just launching in, in Walmart. So just trying to figure out more ways how we can do right by our, by our, our communities and to stay open and to listen and to be, be willing to be led. 
And that keeps you humble. You know what I mean? If you think you know everything and you think you always got to be in the driver's seat, there's more that I just got to remind myself there's more than one way. And it's okay to say, I don't know, but let's figure it out together. And please leave me. Please read me for filth. Please educate me when I get it wrong. You know, I don't have any ego about learning how to be better. No, no ego at all. Any new movie projects, on-screen projects that you have coming out? Any yeah, new seasons have, of anything that's coming out? Yeah, we have um, the Cheaper by the Dozen reimagining Kenya Barris's brainchild uh, for Disney Plus out next year. And then uh, this movie we just finished in uh, New York and New Jersey over the summer called The Perfect Find. Uh, that will be out also next year on Netflix. There's this movie called The Inspection that I'm doing with Elegance Bratton and Jeremy Pope. Uh, shooting down in Mississippi, and uh, hopefully that will be finished in time for award season uh, for next year. So, a lot going on, a lot that we're developing and and optioning, and yeah. you know, in various stages of development on. And uh, I know I'm missing some things, but um, yeah, I'm bu- busy, 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 busy. busy. And, and you have an uh, you have an amazing book out. You got anything stronger? We're encouraging everybody to go get it. My last question for you is, uh, who dresses Dwayne? <laughs> Uh, it depends. Some days Dwayne dresses Dwayne. Um, Did he, who, who put those garbage bags on his feet two, two, three days ago? Did oh, you those, see those? Uh, no, those are, that's his shoe line. That is, uh, his way of Wade, uh, shoe line. It's like the Jordan brand for Nike. It's the way of Wade's, the wows for leaning. Um, so no, those are his own designs. Um, that's him. He put those bags. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I mean, I had one liners and I was like, way to secure the but bag. You- <laughs> uh, like, it looked like uh, it was unique because I get the bag concept, but then the bag had a handle. So it looked like it was they were doing like Uber Eats. I didn't know what was going on with them. It was a listen. I just work here. I just work here. His closet <laughs> is on the other side. I have no idea what goes on in there. But you have. Let me tell you something. You've upgraded him because between uh, you go back and look at those suits the the white suit LeBron had on at the draft. I mean, the suit I, your husband's suits were four times too big, but now he looks, you know, you did, you did that. That's all you. I wish it was me. It was, it was, you know, maybe it was the traveling that we did. And he's like, maybe I could use the, you know, a tailor. What? (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, your suits can actually fit, um, you know, with time. Um, But yeah, he just grew up. He grew up, he tried to start traveling the world and got deep into fashion. You know, um, yeah, he's deep. Yeah. That. I mean, some yeah, so deep. Sometimes I can't see it, but I, I get it. I get it. I'm gonna get there one you day. It's funny because he they people had jokes his whole career about you know like towards the, you know towards the, the end when he was really deep into fashion, and now you know Russ what Russell Westbrook has has taken the baton and has said yes, I will I will take up the mantle of of pushing the envelope in fashion, and everyone has jokes. And then next thing you know, there's Jordan Clarkson. He's got a skirt on too. And there's another NBA guy. He's got a skirt uh, they on look too. fly. I mean, they look they fly. Look amazing. I mean, it, they look yeah. amazing. Get out of your own way. Enjoy fashion. It's about pushing the limits. It's yeah, hard. no, I'm with it. You I'm know, with so, it. I'm with it. You know, they all wear a, sh- a medium now. It's a, they like a, sh- a slim They like now. them small now. They got it. They like to jump up and down on the bed to get their jeans on, which is, it is There's what that. it is. <laughs> you already well, know. Thank you, Gabrielle Union, for spending some time with me. I know you're extremely busy, but we love you. My family loves you. We enjoy you sharing your family with us. And if we can ever do anything here, let us know. Thank you for joining the Bukhari Sellers Podcast. Thank you. Look, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Bukhari Sellers Podcast. Before I let you go, I wanted to talk about something very powerful we saw in Washington this week. 
And it was a testimony from brave gymnasts like Simone Biles and Michaela Maroney, who not only talk about the predator Larry Nassar that molested them, but also the FBI's failure to actually take their allegations seriously. This failure and the failure to bring criminal prosecutions until hundreds, hundreds of gymnasts had been sexually assaulted was a massive failure on all levels, leaving hundreds of young women vulnerable. Same deal with the Olympic Committee who left Larry Nasser in place after years of concern that he was assaulting young athletes. I think a lot of folks take issue with the Believe Women movement, Me Too and Time's Up, but this is why it exists. Because for far too long, we haven't believed women at all. And that applies to Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, or Larry Nasser. And that's why yesterday's testimony was so important. When we don't believe women, we give predators safe harbor. And that's simply unacceptable. And that's that on that. We'll see you all on Monday. Thank you guys for tuning in. Good.